A bit of a special edition of the Swarmcast. David Eichel here with HawkeyeInsider.com, part 24-7 Sports. Obviously, with everything at a standstill right now in college sports, we're going to continue to be pumping out high-quality content, and a lot of it at HawkeyeInsider.com, so you can stay on top of everything despite the coronavirus pandemic going on. And one of the things we're adding right now, first debut real episode of it, is Sean Bach, our, our fantastic recruiting uh, analyst, along with Dylan Byrne, a great, great part-time writer for us, uh, got together to record a recruiting podcast to give you the latest on what the real scoop uh, behind Iowa Athletics is. So hope you enjoy it. We're hoping to kind of pump this out, especially with, you know, obviously, like I mentioned earlier, the, the downturn uh, in real movement and news right now in the Iowa sports world. So hope you find it enjoying and uh, let's just dive right into it. Sean Bach of HawkeyeInsider.com, 24-7 Sports, joined by Dylan Byrne, my co-worker, um, the man, the myth, the legend. Dylan, how are we doing today? Good, Sean. How about yourself? Hanging in there. You know, school, they gave us an extra week with all this stuff going on, an extra week of spring break. So that's been nice. But, um, yeah, just trying to stay busy, do whatever I can to uh, – to keep my to keep things going. So how's how's things out there in Iowa City? I'm home, by the way. I didn't. I forgot to tell you that. Ah, no, they're uh, they're fine out here in Iowa City. It's kind of a ghost town out here. No students, and you know a lot of people working from home. But um, you know, it's it's definitely different. Uh, that's all I'll say. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I, I miss Iowa City. That's for sure. Um, I love here in Chicago, home in Chicago, but. Not not during times like this. So it's been fine being home. I mean, get meals cooked for me and stuff and still have to do my laundry. But other than that, it's been it's been yeah. it's been okay. So that's like a perk there, yeah. Yeah, no for sure. So me and Dylan, um, with all the stuff going on in the off season obviously now, a little longer off season than we had hoped for. Um, we're gonna try and give you a recruiting podcast. I want Maybe every week, maybe every other week, depending on what time of the year we're at or what time of the off season we're at. Um, so it should be something that we get going here at a weekly, maybe every one or every one or two weeks. We'll have to see. Um, so we want to hop in to some basketball stuff. Uh, obviously, with this season being over earlier than we expected, there's some there's some movement on the transfer end of things. Um, the new transfer portal allows players to put their names in the portal, seek other options, talk to other schools and see what it's like out there. Um, and then if they decide to, they can put their name out. And if the coaches want them back, then they can go back to that school. Um, so one of the big names that hopped into the portal earlier this week was DJ Carton, freshman guard out of Ohio State. I'm sure you people from Iowa recognize him. He's from Bettendorf, co-mister basketball last year with Jay Kilmer, who's now at Upper Iowa. Um, DJ was a five-star point guard, had offers from Indiana, Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, Marquette, Wisconsin, just tons, tons of offers. I'm um, a guy that really blew up heading into his um, junior year, got some decent amount of offers, and then going into his uh, senior year of high school really shot up in the rankings a bit. And he's a guy that a lot of Iowa fans have been, been wondering about. Um, obviously, there's some buzz that, um, as you know, he took a leave of absence from the team. Um, I believe it was in late January, early February, some point before, I think it was after or before the Indiana game. I can't recall exactly. 
Um, but he took a leave of absence from the program, a lot of speculation. Um, he said it was for mental health issues is why he left um, the program for a bit and didn't play for the rest of the season. A lot of speculation coming about that maybe he'll come to Iowa, maybe he wants to return home. Um, and now he's officially in the transfer portal. So, Dylan, has there been any any buzz that you've been kind of hearing about on that end? No, I mean, you know, if you look at Iowa's scholarship count right now, um, I think they're at 12. You know, you, you're going to lose Creener and Bakari and then Riley Till. So that puts you down to nine, but then they have five – five incoming freshmen. So that puts you up to 14. So there's one more that's going to have to go. Um, I don't know who it's going to be, but uh, Iowa just doesn't have the, the spot right now. They just don't. And it, you know, it kind of, um, you know, for the fans, you know, it kind of stinks because, you know, anytime, you know, five-star point guard uh, from your home state, you know, those don't come around in Iowa very often. So um, you kind of wish this was a guy that Iowa could pursue, but, the scholarship numbers just don't really, you know, support it right now. So, um, and I mean, you know, you look at early reports coming um, and, you know, I was not even mentioned, you know, Texas, Marquette, Louisville, Creighton, Texas Tech, Oregon, Illinois, uh, Seton Hall are just a few notable schools. So a lot of buzz early and you figured that that's what we are going to get. You know, this is a really good player um, and he's going to have an impact wherever he ends up. But I just don't, I just don't think it's going to be Iowa right now, Sean. Yeah, I had to agree with you at this point. I don't really see Iowa reaching out at this point and really showing much interest. Um, obviously, it'd be a good story for those for him to come home, but I don't think that's really in the cards right now, as I've been told. But I think a school that I mentioned on our VIP boards a couple days ago, a school to keep an eye on could be Marquette in Wisconsin. Um, I do know Wisconsin hasn't been mentioned, but I've been told that their staff has reached out at one point. Um, Marquette, too, I think is going to be a serious contender. Um, one thing I should note that with due to the coronavirus outbreak, um, sorry, I had to mention it because <laughs> it's really affecting some of the stuff going on in the sports world nowadays and just life in general. But I'd expect the schools that really were in deep with DJ during his recruitment to have an advantage here because at this point he can't visit any schools. And the fact that he's been to some of these schools before that have been reaching out to them now you'd think that they get more of an advantage at this point. Um, so I think Marquette was in his top six at one point. I don't remember Wisconsin being in there. Um, there's few others. I mean, Illinois is close to home. I don't know how much of an impact they'll play. I don't think it'll be much. Um, but I think Marquette's a really realistic option at this point. Obviously, things can change, but I'd have to say the the Golden Eagles may be a school that oh, you want to keep an eye on. Um yeah. But yeah, I think Sean, that'd be I great. actually pulled up. I pulled up the top six here. Uh, it was Ohio State, Iowa, Michigan, Marquette, Indiana, Xavier. So, I mean, you know, the only I don't school. expect him. Yeah, I don't expect Xavier. I mean, I don't know if they've reached out to him or not, but it's farther than Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So you have to think that you know Marquette could have their foot in the door just for you know the fact that you mentioned there that he can't go anywhere, especially if he wants to make this decision quickly, which. You know, I'm not I'm not sure on that, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, and I think Marquette makes a lot of sense, too, just because they allow their point guards to play downhill. And with Marcus Howard graduating, as far as I know, DJ, if he's eligible next year, could have the keys to the offense, which could make that pitch from Marquette really interesting. So 
it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this kind of develops. There's a lot of transfers out there in the portal. Iowa really hasn't been that interested in it as far as we've seen. Obviously, we saw last year with Bakari Evelyn, the first grad transfer that ever during the Fran McCaffrey era at Iowa. Um, and then I think they kicked the tires with a couple others, but there really wasn't much traction. Oh, DJ Harvey was one. Um, but he obviously, I don't believe he was eligible this year for Vanderbilt. Um, so we'll have to see. I don't think unless players leave, I don't really can't really think at the top of my head of any players potentially leaving at this point. Um, so I think it'll probably be quiet on that front as far as we know. So um, next thing we're going to get into here is the Murray twins, obviously Keegan and Chris Murray, um, the twins from Cedar Rapids, Xavier, who played their post post-grad year at DME Academy in Daytona beach, Florida, um, both committed to Iowa in October and, really kind of caused some some controversy among the fan base. Obviously, these guys weren't really – they were kind of fringe D1 players maybe, I think I would say, coming out of high school. But over the summer, once they got to DME, really worked on their bodies, really got just a whole lot better and really kind of won that Fran McCaffrey and I were really taking a risk on here. Um, obviously, I got the chance to catch up with their – head coach at DME, Coach Wes, earlier this week. Um, had a good, really, conversation. You can look at that article up on HawkeyeInsider.com. And just to see, it was kind of cool to see, kind of pick Coach Wes's brain, talk about the development that those two had and what really college coaches thought about. And I think the story, too, of how Iowa came into the gym, watched them, wasn't ready to offer. But those guys really, really brought it, really brought it when Iowa coaches were in the gym um, to see them play. He said they played their best game of their life. And obviously with being from Cedar Rapids, their dad being one of the most beloved Hawkeyes of all time, Kenny Murray, you knew they were going to play with a little chip on their shoulder and just really bring it. Um, Because, I mean, they grew up big Iowa fans, and obviously it's a dream school for them. So just to kind of see – that development, see how they worked really hard just relentlessly and see how everything's coming together. It was really, really fun to hear and really fun to write about. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, and I'll, uh, I mean, that was that was a very good piece, Sean. I read it earlier today, and, you know, if you guys haven't read it, I, I do recommend it. I believe you made that one free, right, Sean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anybody can go read it. Um, really gives you good insight into uh you know, Chris and Keegan and, and their journey down at DME and uh, their coach had a lot of really good stuff to say about them. But uh, one thing that kind of jumped out to me was he said, you know, they work hard and they're, they're hungry. And that kind of, I felt like really epitomized, you know, this Iowa team this year, we didn't get to see it really play out. Obviously no big 10 tournament, no NCAA tournament. So you didn't really get to see how far they could have gone, um, but it just felt different. I know Sean, you've been watching, you know, keeping tabs on the Hawkeyes for, you know, the last few years now. But, um, you know, just 
they just felt different. And that kind of, I feel like that, um, what the Murray twins have there is going to fit, um, you know, really well um, at this next level with the Hawkeyes, especially if, you know, if everybody returns, I mean, they're probably not going to play right away. You know, it's, if everybody comes back, it's just, it's a loaded roster. Um, you know, you're going to, Fran's going to be searching for minutes for, you know, <laughs> 10, 10, 11 guys. And he just, he, he doesn't have them. So, um, but to pass the torch to them, you know, these guys come in, Luke, Luca, and these guys get to, uh, you know, kind of uh, teach them the ways. And then, you know, being they already have that in them is only going to make them, I think, that much better. Right. And I think a lot of people, too, are looking at the short term, um, like the short term of like picking up these twins. Obviously, they had great years at DME. Um they need to get their body right. They need to beef it up a little bit. I know both of them have put on a decent amount of weight, but it's not like these guys are going to come in for one year and that's what we should judge them on. I know Fran McCaffrey, I mean, look at Luca Garza. I mean, he's a different case because Iowa needed big and he played very well as a freshman, but he wasn't what he is now, like obviously. Um, so I think these guys, it's going to take time with them. I do think Keegan – will probably make a bigger impact as a freshman. I don't know how big that impact is going to be, but I think when you got a guy that's six foot eight and can shoot as well as he can from the perimeter, you got to find a way to put him on the court. Um, and then with Chris too, I don't, I don't know if he'll redshirt this year. I mean, it's a possibility. I think of the two, he's probably the most likely to redshirt, but he's a guy that isn't necessarily the, like the build of, um a ryan creener but could probably play in his role too kind of like that junkyard dog mentality and also a pretty good scorer too he averaged 18 points per game this year at dme against pretty solid competition so i think what i think what's kind of going to come about from these guys is you know what you're going to get from them obviously they still got a lot of room to develop but i think they're going to be guys that are going to fit into a system and be solid four or five year guys depending on what they do with the red shirts and i think those are the type of guys that you can build around and i think that's the deal with this whole class too like i don't think any of these guys are going to come in and be like superstars right away but i think they're guys that are going to find ways to make an impact over the next i don't know four or five years and really kind of bolt like boost that culture that fran mccaffrey has built here at iowa and I think the Murray Twins are going to fit right into that fold. I mean, they're going to be not as high-impact guys as freshmen, but as they get older, progressively are going to get better each year. Yeah, certainly. And, I mean, you know, Fred McCaffrey's never been a guy that goes after these one-and-dones. You know, it's hard. You know, it's, it is it is Iowa, after all. And, I mean, you know, you're not attracting the guys that, you know, play for you one year and then they skip down to the NBA. So this is what – Fran McCaffrey's been doing, you know, he builds program, he builds his program through, you know, getting guys in and developing them. You know, Luca Garza comes in, maybe top 100 player, depending on who your whose rankings are going off of. I can't remember where we had him. Um, I think he was outside the top 100, just maybe a little bit. But now he's, you know, he could be your play, your national player of the year. So um, it just kind of speaks to Fran McCaffrey's ability to build to build a program and you know that's hard when you're you know when you're doing it at Iowa we're not really a you know you're not really a basketball school you're more of a football school so um for Fran to have 
this type of success. And then, you know, you're getting guys like the Murray twins, you know, you have a really, really good guards in Aaron Ulis and uh, Tony Perkins. And then the big guy, Josh Ogundale. Um, It's a really good class. And, you know, I think if you'd have talked to me a year or so ago about the Murray twins, I probably would have said no, but um, you just look at the work that they put in for the post-grad year. And sometimes that's, that's really all it takes. Yeah. I think they're going to have more motivation too. Once they, get to campuses, they want to, they're going to want to get on the court. I mean, obviously we don't know how many minutes they'll play next year, but Kenyon said it himself on Twitter and he said it to me before too, that these guys are just going to work their butts off no matter what. And I don't know how you can really, really kind of hate on a player like players like that. Like those guys are going to come in and they just fit the Iowa mold. In my opinion, I think they're going to be great for the culture, great for the locker room, just great overall people in general that are really going to, really going to find a good a good fit in this program be like a big part of the Iowa success for the next four or five years um so let's get into some basket or some football a little bit um obviously last week I believe Cooper DeGene uh 2021 athlete from Dylan help me out here I've literally written it like that so many times oh, yeah but O-A-B-C-I-G yeah so Football, Arthur, Battle Creek, Ida Grove. I literally, there, but we got it. I literally like. <laughs> I haven't been able to get that until like last week. Like it just, I don't know what it was. I could never get that down. Um, so obviously, Iowa picked up a commitment from Cooper last week, the multi-sport, four-sport athlete um, out there in Ida Grove. Um, really good prospect. Really like this kid. I was looking at him as a safety, but. I believe he had like over, I don't know the exact amount, um, something like 3,000 yards through the air this year and like over 1,000 yards rushing as quarterback, had like over 40 touchdowns. Um, I've got the it, actual numbers here, Sean, if you want them. Yeah, yeah, that'd be make 30, me look less dumb. <laughs> 3,500 yards through the air, 1,300 yards in the ground, and 64 total touchdowns. Yeah, so, and he's coming to Iowa as a safety. And – when you look at the kid, I don't know if you guys have seen pictures. I'm sure you have if you follow us on Twitter, have seen the news. But he looks like a guy that like just kind of wants to beat someone up. Like I'm not saying that in a bad way, but you just look at his build. Like he just seems like he's got it. Like I know they're gonna put a few more pounds on him, um, but he kind of looks like he's ready to like Big Ten. Yeah, certainly. I think they got him at six two one ninety five right now. So. Yeah, I don't know if he's six. He's probably around like six one, six foot and a half. I think mm-hmm. the extra six two is maybe a little generous. But I mean, you know, let's just say he doesn't grow. I mean, six one is still plenty, uh, plenty tall yeah. enough for safety in the Big Ten. And you know, you're talking about one ninety five. Um, as you know, I guess he's a junior right now. So um, you know, let's just say he puts ten more pounds on. He's two hundred five coming into Iowa. They could probably put fifteen to twenty pounds on that frame. So, I mean, he's just you watch him on film, Sean. He's just a freak. You know, he's just he's faster than everybody, um, and he doesn't. It's like sneaky fast too. He'll he'll just kind of be rolling out, and then he'll take off, and he's by you. So you'll you'll look, and some of these kids they look like they have angles on him in the open field, and then the angle just disappears. So. Um, it's just one of those guys that Iowa brings in and they don't really know what they're going to do with him. They just know they want him. 
and they're just going to figure it out when he gets there. Parker Hesse was the same way. Parker Hesse played, um, I want to say linebacker and quarterback in high school. And they were just like, you know what? We like your film. We like you get in here. My defensive end. And, you know, he, we, we know about Parker Hesse's career. So he just feels like one of those kids. And I really, he's probably one of my favorite players in the 2021 class right now, honestly. I do think in terms of like, if you just look at his like basketball highlights too, like, the way that kid gets off the ground and just how easy he makes it look is just, it's something else. Um, and yeah, you said it too, like him at safety, like him just everywhere. I know a couple of schools obviously had offers from like Illinois state, a couple more FCS programs. I think the Dakota States, both of them offered him. Um, I know Virginia really liked him too at quarterback. I think if he would have waited a little longer, he could have gotten maybe a couple ACC offers as a quarterback, especially if Virginia were to offer because they want him on an official visit. I know he told me that at one point they were Cavaliers were looking to get him on campus um, for an official visit, which automatically means an offer. Um, so that would have been really interesting to see him with the ball in his hands. But I know one person told me that's really plugged in Iowa high school football that this kid might be the best like safety to come out of Iowa. Um, I don't know if you meant the state of Iowa, like in terms of high school, but or the University of Iowa, but you look at the kid and it's like, okay, this kid's got a little something to him that you can build around and really, really develop. And I could see it too. I mean, obviously there's a lot of expectations to put on one kid who hasn't even played in a down with Big Ten football yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but you gotta like what you get just looking at him, just watching the film and what others had to set about have said about him too, because people have said before, it's like he's playing two way football. It's like, dude, like you don't dominate two way football the way he did. And like people say you're not a D one prospect. Like this kid, he's legit. He's really fun to watch. I'm hoping to see him in the fall at some point make that make that trek out of Ida, out to Ida Grove. <laughs> we'll see we'll see how much Dave pays me for that, but Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Definitely, definitely a lot to be excited about with this kid. I believe he's the eighth commit in the class. Could be wrong on that one. I don't know why I always get eight and nine confused. Um, but I think Iowa's class is now at number 10 nationally, number 10 or number three in the Big Ten, uh, according to 24-7 sports. So you like you like the start that they're on right now. Obviously, there was not as much in recent months. Um just because they got off to such a fast start, getting those top targets in the fold immediately. Um, so we'll see if it, if things start to pick up a little bit. Yeah, you were right, Sean. Uh, eight commits. So yeah, um, yeah, no, I, and I, I'll, yeah, yeah, never a doubt, right? Um, yeah. I'll be honest with you. Looking at it, I think he's my favorite prospect right now. Just, um, just from an athletic standpoint. I mean, I know they got other guys like. Uh, like Zach Twett's probably going to play linebacker, and then you got um, Jaden Harrell, and then Justice Sullivan probably going to play linebacker too. But I mean, DeGene's even a guy that could bulk up and play linebacker. You know, I mean, he's a. We'll see how tall he gets. 
Um, but you know, he's, he's a hard hitter. I was watching his film today and, uh, I think it was, at, it was at the dome. I don't know if it was in the state championship game. Um, but this poor kid caught one over the middle and he just, he laid him out and, you know, that's the type of toughness and, um, you know, that's what Iowa wants. It's like, it's kind of like uh, Jack Kerner. I mean, that's just, it's probably not a, a very good comparison, but, you know, you look at the way Jack played for Iowa this fall and, you know, it just kind of reminds you a little bit of, of him. Right. And I mentioned the two way football too. It's like, Eugene, he was playing both sides of the ball too. Mm-hmm. Like to have that stamina and to have that sort of just natural athleticism to play both sides of the ball the way he did and then dominate like both sides of the ball the way he did. That's like, that's some freaky stuff. Yeah. I don't think people realize how difficult that is. And then you're, you're racking up, you know, 4,800 yards and (laughs) over 60 touchdowns. It's just, um, yeah, I don't care what level of football you're playing at. If you're posting that, those are video game numbers like NCAA, uh, 2014 numbers like you know people don't do that in real life so um, if you're doubting this at all uh, you're sorely mistaken this kid's a Big Ten football player yeah and as I said before he would have gotten he would have gotten more offers um, like no offense to Idaho but if he was in like a bigger city like in Omaha or like I don't know Cedar Rapids or Des Moines he probably would have gotten more offers without a doubt um, mm-hmm. so let's Keep going with the 2021 football um, recruiting class. Um, not necessarily a commit, but a guy that's pretty high on Iowa. That's Council Bluffs, Lewis Central four-star. Tight end Thomas Fedoni, um, who I got the chance to talk to in the earlier part of the podcast. You can check that out just by going back if you haven't already. Um, so I talked to Thomas for about, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes, something like that kind of just talked about really everything going on. Um, obviously, it's kind of a difficult period for football. Recruits across the country um, can't really – you can't visit schools at this point due to the coronavirus, um, which makes it tough because a lot of kids were hoping to get on campus um, this month. And then, you know, with official visits starting up here in the next couple months, um, that would have been big for him too. Um, so he announced his top six earlier this week. Iowa, Nebraska, Michigan, Notre Dame, LSU, and Penn State. And one that he left out, too, that he was thinking about probably, I mean, he said he's open. He's keeping it open to six, or he's keeping it open to more than six. Another school we kind of talked about a little bit was Georgia. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, said that he really likes the way the tight ends use, how they use the tight ends down there. Um, and just it's an SEC football program. He said they really like him, too. So I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I think I've had my crystal ball in Nebraska for a while, but I moved it a couple weeks back to Foggy. And I think that's where I'm going to keep it for a bit. Um, obviously, he talked about, too, not wanting to take the official visits to Iowa and Nebraska because he's been up there so many times and he wants to take those official visits to places that he can go um, where he like farther away places, like probably in Michigan or Penn State, even in Notre Dame. I know he was scheduled to see Notre Dame in Michigan um, this month or next month, but obviously those are being canceled now. So it's kind of coming down to what I think. Um, I've really thought it was Nebraska, Michigan, and Iowa for a long time. 
I always thought it was Iowa and Nebraska, but I think Thomas seems to be pretty open to these other schools. I mean, any any uh, anytime you get schools like you know LSU, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Penn State coming calling, I mean, it's going to be tempting just because you know those are, I mean, for the football factories pretty much. I mean, you know, LSU just wins the national title. Ohio State was up there. Penn State's been really good the last few years. So, I mean, and his recruitment is so interesting to me, Sean, because Iowa was the first offer, and it was what seven months ago. And yeah, it was nothing, in July. Nothing for a month. Then Iowa State offers, and nothing for a month. And then, you know, a couple other Big Ten schools jump in. Then he goes down to uh, the Army All-American Combine and 14 offers in the next, like, 45 days. So um, he just kind of exploded um, here in 2020. And, you know, he's kind of – Iowa – you know, thankfully for them, because they don't win, they don't win a lot of these battles with these big schools. But they were the first ones to offer, and you know that always. You know, you talk to pretty much any kid, and you know the first school to kind of put that, you know, hey, we want you. Um, they all they're always around normally. So I mean, Iowa probably going to be in it till the end, but you know, they're they're battling a lot of the big boys here. Yeah, and I think it's one that. Obviously, I think Iowa could maybe come on top of the end, but I know Nebraska has a lot of pull. I mean, Thomas has been open about it um, publicly that he grew up a fan in Nebraska, a big-time fan. has a lot of family who grew up Huskers, so that obviously has a draw, but he's really been able to separate kind of his fandom from when he was younger to his to where he's at now with his recruitment because it's a totally different ballgame when you're being recruited versus when you grow up. You see different sides of the program that – maybe you haven't seen before different kind of ways they want to use you. And like, this is the rest of your life you're talking about. I mean, you can live and die with a team for sure. But like for Thomas, like he, I know it's still early, but he has a legitimate shot to go to the NFL and be probably one of the top tight ends in college football. Um, He wants to go to the spot where not only he's happy, but the spot where he wants, like he believes that he can be the best player he can be. And there's a lot of factors that go into that. Obviously you got people in your circle that want you to go different places. Um, you got other friends, whatever. Um, and there's just so much that goes into it. And just, it's kind of incredible to see a kid handle it with such maturity that he has. Yeah. And I mean, you know, obviously anytime a kid can play high division one football like this, the ultimate goal is, you know, the next level play in the NFL. Um, so, I mean, that has to be something that Iowa, you know, Iowa, you know, you just put, you know, TJ Hawkins and a no fan into the, um, into the NFL just, just a year ago. So, you know, Hey, there's your, there's your argument. Like, Hey, you know, we're kind of turning these guys out. You know, you want to come to the, you want to go to the NFL, like come here. But I mean, you know, you look at LSU, I mean, that's, that program is one that could take, if you, if you work your butt off, that program is one that, you know, you can go, it'll take you to the next level. Same with, you know, Michigan, uh, Penn state and, and Notre Dame. So, I mean, that's certainly something, you know, I was going to have in their back pocket, like, Hey, you know, we just sent TJ and Noah to the, to the NFL, two first round tight ends has never been done. Um, you know, but the other programs have, a lot of tradition and you know this is going to be a tough decision for this kid yeah like 
we talk about the like some of the SEC schools and obviously Iowa and Nebraska, but I mean Michigan and Notre Dame, like Notre Dame's had their fair share of like, tight ends to come out of that program. Um, you look at the most recent one, Cole Komet, who actually I played against in high school and was was a man child in those sports too at that time. Um he's gonna be a top, I don't know, he said he's probably the top tight end in the draft, but probably be first, second round, somewhere around there. Um, Michigan's had a couple successful ones too recently. Um, there's just so many factors that go into it. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's going to be, yeah, like you said, Dylan, it's going to be a tough decision for Fedoni. Um, I do think he'll be a good fit at any of those programs, but he's a guy that I don't know if can come in right away and make an impact, but a guy that you can definitely is definitely a mismatch nightmare, no matter what conference he plays in. I mean, he lo- you watch his film right now. He looks like a, a, a miniature version of TJ Hawkinson, maybe a little bit more polished than Hawkinson was um, as a, as a what is he a junior in high school? Um, but I'll admit I didn't get to see TJ Hawkinson much uh, in high school, so I, I guess I can't really make that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, make that determination, but you know, you watch the film of him down at the Army All American Combine, and he's just he's just whipping kids. You know, he's big, uh, he moves like a wide receiver, and he's got reliable hands. So whoever gets this kid's gonna you know have a real weapon. He could play inside or he could play outside, and he's just gonna be a matchup nightmare pretty much wherever you put him. Yep. So if you haven't listened to that portion of the podcast, check it out. The first um, 30, 25, 30 minutes of this show. Um, so let's get into our last topic of this recruiting segment of the podcast. Who do you think doing the next piece will be in the 2021 class for Iowa football? Oh, you put me on the spot here a little bit. Um, yes, sir. Well, I feel like, I feel like I got a couple options here. I feel like, I guess it's going to really depend on what happens with these June official visits, Sean, if this, um, coronavirus is still kind of limiting um, recruiting and kind of what kids can do and, um, you know, what schools can do. You know, we could see it pushed into the fall, but uh, I'll operate under the assumption that official visits are going to happen in June uh, because I like to think positive. <laughs> so there you go. There you um, go. It's either going to be Brody Brecht or Arlen Bruce. Um, if I had to, you know, gun him ahead and say one, I'd probably say Brody Brecht. I think. Um, the option to you know play baseball and football is really going to be uh, key here. Uh, so give me the Ankeny wide receiver. I hate to I hate to really hate or uh, rain on your parade here, Dylan. But I know Brody's told me this week, and then I had someone else tell me a couple of weeks back that he's not really focused on playing baseball right now. Okay, well um, that, that'll change things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I think that'll be – obviously, it's still a possibility, but I don't think it's going to be the deciding factor. I think he's he's um, he's set on playing football for sure. That's going to be definite. I think that's always been definite. But baseball might just be like an extra side bonus that 
who knows could factor in to, into his decision a bit um, in his mind. But he's told me like that's he's the main thing is football right now. So I'm I'm with you on getting him. I think he'd be the next pickup. Obviously, Iowa State's done a good job here too, um, selling them on guys like Hakeem Butler and Alan Lazard be similar to those guys in terms of just his skill set and his size too. And I was kind of talking to him about he'd be the tallest wideout in the running in the wide receiver room once he gets if he ends up choosing Iowa um, with Amir Smith Marset and Brandon Smith being gone. So he's a guy that could come in right away, maybe compete with guys like depending on um, like Calvin Lockett, Desmond Hudson, those kind of guys, and really give them a room for their money. Because who knows? I mean, Brody's still pretty raw, um, really good athlete, very good baseball player, as we've seen. As we said, runs pretty fast, great length too, good ball skills. Got to work on his route running just a little bit. Um, but I think that's something that can come together once he gets into once he gets acquainted, once he really starts focusing on one sport. Um, so I think he's a guy that could come into and make an instant impact. Um, maybe not right away, but maybe he's like second, second or third year could be a guy that you see really working in with snaps. And I think Arlen Bruce too. I know a lot of people talked about it as he's just like a Tyrone Tracy clone. You put him wherever you get him the ball and you watch him go to work. And I think that's a guy that you got really excited about if you get him in the fold. Um, Iowa State's making a big impact here. I've been close to putting in a crystal ball for Iowa for Bruce, but haven't really gotten that gotten that feeling yet. Um, obviously, I said I'm close, but just not not ready yet. Um, it's not. No, I'm not going to say what I was about to say, but um, <laughs> I'm just I'm close. I'll just say that. Yeah, I uh, the thing with Brody, the Brody probably be the tallest wide receiver in the room right now. At six four, I think that that's. I think what Brandon Smith's probably the tallest at six two and some change, maybe. They said he'd be the tallest, yes, but I think. Well, I mean, because Brody's what six? I think he's six four, legit six yeah. four. Desmond's listed as six four two. I believe Calvin's like around six. Oh, Iowa has Desmond at six three. So yeah, I mean, he'd probably be, he'd be the tallest. Yeah, and I mean, when you combine that with the speed that he has, too, and, you know, I know, Sean, you talked about him being a little raw. You got a couple looks at him this fall. I, I unfortunately, uh, was unable to, but, um, you know, he can kind of grow into that home run threat, you know, tall, uh, going to be a, be reliable in the in the red zone. And then with that speed, you know, ability to blow by uh, corners, you know, you're going to make him a pretty dynamic threat at the next level if he if he chooses Iowa or Iowa State. Right, yeah. One hundred percent. I think he's got a quarterback too that you I think a lot of more FBS schools need to take a look at. That's Jace Bauer. Um twenty twenty one kid has offers from Eastern Illinois, U and I and Southern Illinois. Um really good dual threat quarterback, multi sport kid. Um didn't get a lot of pub this season, but I know a lot he's gotten a lot of buzz this off season. Um, with those offers, Alan True did a nice article on him and his rise, and I think he's a guy that you might want to keep an eye on for future. I don't know if he's Iowa caliber at this point, but I think he's definitely deserving of a look. Um, so, yeah, I think that about – Dylan, you got anything else? No, that is, uh, that's all you're going to get from me tonight, buddy. What about next week? 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'll have more. I'll have more ammunition by then, hopefully. <laughs> we'll be set, though, because, I mean, without Dave, these things runs a lot more smoothly. Oh, low blow. He's not even here to defend himself, but I I would tend to agree. <laughs> you mean, I mean, you know, he's probably like, he probably knows that we said that somehow. <laughs> uh, like telepathy. Yeah. No. <laughs> Old man yelling sure. at clouds. <laughs> um, <clears throat> All right. So <laughs> with that, um, that'll be the end of this pod swarm cast. We'll try to make this a weekly thing. Um, I don't know about weekly. I've said that before, but probably like once or twice um, every other week or so. Um, do our best to make it weekly, but I think it's more realistic to just, get. It'll probably just depend on how much recruiting stuff pops up, which, you know, with the dead period till what, April 15th, I just don't see that happening. We might have to, might have to come up with, uh, we might have to get creative, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, we're good at that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, as always, be sure to check out HawkeyeInsider.com. And good stuff from Sean Bach and Dylan Byrne. And if you want to follow along with their coverage on Twitter, be sure to follow at sbach247 for Sean, at dburn247 for Dylan. And my handle is David Eichel, D-A-V-I-D-E-I-C-K-H-O-L-T. And as I mentioned, we're going to try to turn these out maybe weekly, maybe every other week, really just depending on when there's some real movement or there's a lot of questions uh, from you guys. But hope you enjoy the debut episode. And as always, stay tuned to HawkeyeInsider.com for the latest and most in-depth and complete coverage of the Iowa Hawkeyes.